Welcome to Azray Pod, and our first in-person recording since March of 2020. In keeping with our observance of Pride Month, this week we welcome LGBTQ icon Jan Moore, whose 52-year relationship with her wife Emily Sanessa was the subject of Robin Kampf's award-winning documentary Love Wins back in 2018. This was a fun conversation, and we covered too many things to list here, so give it a listen. Welcome, Jan. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Their interviews always hit the mark. So subscribe to Asbury Park. I mean, pod. Be informed, don't be in the dark. Everybody listen to Asbury Park. I mean, pod. Everything you need. Brought to you by Amy and Joe. If you're local, they're the pod for you. But Bennies are welcome and Shoebies too. From Route 35 to Convention Hall, Asbury Pod covers it all. Asbury Pod, I love you. I love you. All right. Welcome, Asbury Pod listeners. It's June 11th. It's Pride Month. This is our 74th, 75th, or 77th episode. Nobody's sure. We couldn't figure it out. We could not figure it out. Somebody should keep track of that better than us. And We, we need to bring intern Ed back. We do need to bring intern Ed back. Intern Ed had a baby, though. Yeah. Um, so listen, it's Pride Month. We're here with Jan Moore, and this is our first time back in person. And I can't think of a better person to be back in person with than my personal crush, Jan Moore. Yeah. Welcome, Jan. I thank you so much. You're welcome. What a compliment. Yeah. From a young, beautiful blonde. What can I tell you? Compliments will get you everything, Jan. So, Jan, uh, it's Pride Month. It was the 30th Gay Pride this year. Laura Popel is the other uh, Pride podcast interviewer this week, uh, this month. Um, so what? what is, and I saw you at Pride. I saw you watching the parade. Yes. Which you remember 10, even 20 years ago, 10, 20 years ago, it used to blink and that mm-hmm. parade passed you. And yep. now that parade is probably two hours long. Yes. What do you think uh, about that? This parade this year had it all. It was phenomenal. I've never seen so many parents with their children, uh, people with their dogs, and so many groups that came together from Tom's River, from all over. Uh, The expansion of interest and the foundation here has been laid well. I'm so I'm so thrilled to be part of this community, and uh, I'm so thrilled to be part of an anchor of it. Uh, there was an icon of it, Jan, an icon of this. Well, community, right? I wouldn't say that, but I'm a gonna little tell you bit to of stop an anchor. bouncing your hands because that's going to show up in the microphone. <laughs> Amy's, I'm reprimanding she's an the icon. Hand, the hands police. <laughs> um, so an icon of the gay community, Jan, one we all owe a debt of gratitude for. And, you know, the first time I came across your name, which you're not going to be surprised about, 
was the Ocean Grove Pavilion. Oh, God. Yes. When they were like, we will shut down this pavilion as opposed to have gay people get married in it. Yes. Do you remember? Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, that was... um, That was a wonderful thing. There were people uh, in town before me, uh, two young women, and they had a civil union in Bradley on the boardwalk. And Em and I walked up and saw it, and it was so romantic. And, and I said, oh, my God, good for them. And, uh, yeah, Sue Crum and, and Barbara Rosenblum. And I said, we should do that someday. And... And what year was this? I, I think we had our civil unions 16 or 17 years ago. It was 2006. Was civil unions. You know, Heather and I domestic partnered, which was its own experience. I think we skipped civil union, and then obviously we did marriage. We did, we did domestic partner in Asbury Park. Then we did civil union on the boardwalk in uh, Ocean Grove, and mm-hmm. it had to be in Ocean Grove. When we decided, we called Randy Bishop, who happened to be the mayor at the time, and I say, hey, Randy, you like your job? And he said, I love it. What are you doing to me? I said, I want you to perform our civil union on the boardwalk in front of the fishing pier. Emily and I want a family-type wedding. We, we've worked for it. Uh, we were very active in Garden City Equality at that time, and uh, we were very verbal. And we decided, and our family, uh, we went to them, never thinking they would be so happy and responsive. Emma's comes from an old-world Italian family, and we never thought they would be as supportive as they were. Mm-hmm. So we had 60 people. We called uh, Luke and Howard and said, do you ever have anything going on over there for the gay community? And Luke and Howard got married, were the first, that was the, was that the marriage? Or no, was that, is that Luke and, no, Luke and Howard are moonstruck. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Because also just gay history, Asbury Park, I think in two, Jimmy Bruno married the first gay couple. And now, of course, you know, my gay card's going to be taken away because I don't remember now. But I, 2004 or 5, <laughs> he marries the first gay couple at City Hall and they have a service at Georgie's um, because oh. of our clerk, Kiki, who we had on last year. We had, we had Kiki and Jimmy both on to discuss this. And we've completely forgotten the details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worse for me because I'm gay. <laughs> right. You, you... And, 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 you know, it all, <clears throat> what really happened is... Um, the New York Times got wind of it, and I think it was the Jersey section of the Sunday paper that we picked up, and there was a picture of Emily and I, and on one side it said, will God win or will love win? And we said, we're going for this, and it was it was phenomenal. Uh, we had our grandchildren. Last year, Amy over here said, uh, would you do an interview on the radio for, uh, oh, for TV it was, for coming out. And when I thought about it, I said, yeah, I will. What did coming out mean to me? And in our film, uh, there were some family 
by niece Arlene. And, uh, and we should just uh, give credit to Robin and the film is Love Wins, a phenomenal documentary. Really, Robin Kampf, right? Yep. Yes, it is. And it is still on YouTube. It won 10 awards. It's uh, phenomenal. I, it's it just well, it's made incredible imprint, and I'm hoping to expand it even more. For those who are listening who don't know who you are, how long were you and Emily together before your ceremony? How long have we? How long were you together before the ceremony? We had our civil union on our 35th anniversary. And how did you and Emily meet, Jen? Um, <clears throat> Emily worked. Uh, in, uh, for J.P. Stevens, and my ex-husband was assistant director of research. And that's how I met her, through him. He, uh, he, he admired Em and a couple of people there and became friendly with them. And so he'd invite them home and what have you, and that's how I met her. And a crush grew. Is that is that uh, well, a fair statement? Well, it didn't. It okay. didn't because I didn't know anything uh, about gay women. I didn't. I, you know, I was Doctor Moore's wife. I was a well-behaved person in those days. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I married, as I always say, white, waspy, and wealthy, <laughs> and. Uh, he was all of those things, and uh, he's a PhD in organic chemistry. And so he, one day you're 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 looking at M, and you're thinking, "Huh? No, I'm not. <laughs> I I met her in '62. In fact, uh, today is the anniversary, believe it or not, of her mother's and her passing." Both, really? Yeah, on June eleventh. Oh, I didn't 11th. realize that. Oh, yeah, wow. on both, and and that's really about when uh, he started in May, and uh, he said to me, "Oh, my friend Emily, her mother passed. Uh, please do something very nice and kind." I said, "Absolutely," and that's as much as I knew about Emily, and that was in '62, and. In the interim, Donald and I uh, adopted children, and uh, I gave birth. This anyway, so w what happened is, as we moved along, uh, Donald was bowling, and he came and he said, uh, we have great babysitters. Why don't you join the bowling league? And I said, oh, Donald, I take care of three kids, and I'm your wife. So he... He said, join the league, it's politically good for me, and you'll <laughs> like everybody. And I said, okay. So I did. And is it a woman's league? or It was a mixed league, okay. and Emily was the top bowler. Of Emily course she was. was. The... There is no, nothing about that that's surprising to me. Okay. There is nothing. <laughs> Emily was the top person. She was the top party person. You want a party? Emily has set it up. Uh, you want whatever it was. Oh, you want to go skiing? I don't ski. Emily would say, let's all go skiing. You know, it, it's that's who she was. And we became very close, quick friends. Still nothing dawned on my head. But is something going on in hers? Evidently. Okay. No, not evidently. She was very, uh, at one point, uh, she was very verbal about it. And... Uh, 
And I, my answer to her was, I don't even know what la- women like you do. Mm-hmm. I said, what do I know this stuff? You know, And I only... Uh, well, from, from day one, we had this incredible banter of humor between us. One of my favorite uh, parts of the documentary is Emily saying well, that you chased her, and you're like, nope, nope. <laughs> right, and I said to her, no, I did not chase you. Yeah. You were just a nice person. Uh-huh. And her comment was, but you can chase a nice person. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, a, exactly that's exactly the way she said it. You can chase a nice person. Uh, <laughs> I, I still... So she's chasing. She's ch- you got to just take me through this. She's chasing. <laughs> You're oblivious. You're somewhat oblivious to what's happening. Right. And who goes in for the first move? Emily. Of course. We were having lunch. and We were having dinner at the bowling alley. And it was soon time. And Donald was doing something. I think he was secretary of the league. I think Emily was president. And... He was busy doing something, and I said, well, I'm going to wash up before I bowl, and she said, good idea. And we went in the ladies' room. I washed my hands, went to the ladies' room. She came out, and she kissed me, and I almost fell on the floor. I didn't. I, I, I. I <laughs> admire somebody that just has that set of, like, that just just does it. Yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, 100%. I'm huh. the exact opposite. I'm like a, you know, 10-year-old boy when I like I, I. I I still say, and I said, we have to bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and then during the week, I, I didn't say anything. And during the week, I spoke to her. I called the office for something. She answered the phone. I said, we have to have a talk. And we made an appointment to go to her house. And we did. And we had a talk. And I knew at that moment... I had fallen so madly in love, hmm. and it lasted 51 and a half years. And I have to say, we did, I, I think we had a love affair. Hmm. Uh, we grew together. Uh, we had challenges, more challenges than most people hmm. uh, because of our age, because of our Italian Catholic backgrounds, because of me having three children at that point there were only three of them home and uh two of them were incredibly challenged it was a real long period of learning and growing and learning and growing and uh, emily insisted on moving down here which i hated i hated ocean grove i uh Uh When was that? When did you move down here? I think it was in 1995 or 96. And we bought a four-family home because we knew the income. Mm -hmm. And uh, the last one, my son Scott, had just gotten married. So it would be 25 Mm -hmm. years. Yeah. You've been down here for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. One part of the documentary I thought was so... um, well, for me, just as somebody who came out in the late 90s, was that you could not come out, UNM. You couldn't be openly gay. Oh, no. It was something you had to hide. And while the 90s weren't an amazing time to come out, they certainly were far better than what you had to go through. Well, uh, we yes, because we moved back to Rutherford, where uh, Donald and I had raised the children, and we did it... Uh, 
for the reason not to disrupt their lives so much. They went right back to the same friends, the same schools. Uh, all of my friends that were married, uh, it was like nobody spoke of it, except one friend, my friend Lee did, and almost screwed it up for us. But the kids were right back in their own life. So the change wasn't that radical for them. But was difficult. There was back to school night. There was uh, little league. There was girls softball. There was football for my son Adrian. And Emily became a parent. And I have to tell you, it it was remarkable. And uh, as much as I would get upset about it sometimes, I would just sit back and say, "You're crazy. You're nuts." She decided we'd buy a house. I didn't want to get into another commitment. And she said, we have three children. We're buying the house, and the kids are going to be raised in the house like a normal family. That's it. And it was like that. You mentioned something in the, uh, in the documentary, um, something along the lines that you said, you know, when I had entered the gay world, there were rules I had to pay attention to, to protect yourselves. yes. You know, for those who don't remember, it's, it's shocking to people if I've forgotten, but you know, what were those rules? What did you have to do to protect yourself? They're the unsaid rules that you can never be close to one another. You can never give a special smile. You can never slip and say, hello, honey. Uh, mm-hmm. you, can, you can never do anything. Uh, every, you are a parent. You have the kids, uh, uh, I, uh, the two children that I said were challenged, they, uh, I adopted them in 1963, I think. And uh, they're 100% Native Americans, so mm-hmm. with the cane fetal alcohol and uh, problems, and Emily... Emily saw them the day after I adopted them. I mean, that's how close friends we were, but I never knew mm. anything else about her. And uh, it's just, it just grew. It, mm. it grew beyond anything. And uh, I have to say, Em's niece Arlene is here, and she's traveled this road. We're friends for 50 years, mm. and... Uh, She's traveled this road with her family, and we were talking this morning, and and Arlene didn't know her aunt was gay, and her, uh, oh, she was going with somebody. Yeah. That was it. She well, was that's a, you know, um, we often have, my father's brother passed recently, and I'm fairly certain he was gay. Like, as a kid, you didn't know. As an adult... It's so obvious, right? And he didn't, you know, he lived, you know, a closeted life. It really just, you know, uh, and the family couldn't support because we didn't understand and didn't know. Right. Yeah, we didn't really know. And so now when you get to when he was older, when I was, you know, when I was older, when I realized full well, I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, you know, he had nobody, right? It was really a, a being... Or did he have nobody, or did you not know who he we had? We didn't know any. Well, he right. he always had a lady friend around, and looking back, I'm like, oh, that poor woman. Like, you know, really, they they would vacation together, but 
you know, so I don't know if he ha- ever had anyone, but it wasn't like he could tell anybody in our right. family for the same reasons. You couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. You couldn't, you didn't even associate. We had a whole separate set of friends in New York City. Uh, they could never come to our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they were they obviously were gay. gay. And, and we couldn't do it. And then... Uh, and there were consequences, right? Right. You so had mentioned one of em- my tattoos, right? So Edie Windsor, right? We all know who Edie Windsor. She's a gay icon. Her and her wife Thea also have a documentary, and of course, I'm forgetting the name. And uh, <laughs> yeah. they used to wear pins because they couldn't wear rings right. because it would have drawn attention to their relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have their pin tattooed that they used as a wedding ring because they. Right. Because they could not, if they wore rings, they would have had to answer questions about who they were right. dating. So they wore pins. It's a it, it, fascinating it's story. Crazy. And, and uh, our first trip to uh, Provincetown was in 1972. And Emily had a wedding band made for me up there. And it fits my pinky because in those days I weighed like 108 pounds, 110. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then this wedding ring, this is, I think, a size five, and this wedding ring is a size ten and a half. That added up to way over two hundred pounds yeah. <laughs> that she had made, and yeah. uh, <clears throat> it's. Uh, and I wear them because they make me smile. Yeah, they make me smile. And then she lost her wedding ring down here, having. Uh, lobster with her niece and they went <laughs> dug in the lobster and right here in asbury and she lost her wedding ring uh. in the buttered lobster you'd be surprised how many people lose their wedding rings on the beaches in asbury park so the guys who do the um mm-hmm. the girls and got mainly guys who do the thing that looks for jewelry and stuff they find a ton yeah it's crazy Make what you will it's crazy well yeah. when i you know, i'm recently married and when I put the ring on the first time, I was like, "This is never." I'm, I was afraid of it getting stuck, but I didn't realize every time I shower with the soap, it threatens to fall yeah. off. I had no idea how easily it would come mm-hmm. off in a lobster. That's a creative way, I have to say. That's the oh, yeah. but it was soap. The beach. So now I'm now I'm afraid of. Now I'm thinking about getting a chain, just in case it falls yeah. off, right? Because I'm I'm terrified of losing it accidentally. You know. The movie showed for Women's Week, I guess, five or six years ago up in Provincetown. And it was supposed to be a showing, and it went for the whole week to sell out. We were yeah. shocked. And M uh, said to me, I want a new wedding ring. And I said, well, I, I said, there's a store that carries the one that you had i don't want it i want one made so we had it made and uh and that's what's around your neck right now that's what i wear around my neck and uh i always i always people will say oh you can't let go you can't do this and i'll say no when you see that i don't wear it it means i'm 85 and i'm having an affair leave me alone (laughs) you know absolutely no of course that's me isn't it when I'm thinking about the rules that you had mentioned, uh, you, you discussed you were at Provincetown in 1972. Yes. And we were discussing this earlier, Amy. In ni- it wasn't until 1974 that uh, homosexuality was removed from the DSM from the, for the psychiatric profession as right. a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. Right. 
This is sort of shocking for us to think about now, but this is current. This is present history. This is your history. This is all of our friends in town here. You know, for people growing up now, they may seem ridiculous, but that was reality and it had consequences. You know, so really going to Provincetown um, where you could just be. You could just be, be your, yourself. Really, oh it must have been a God. really wonderful thing. Yeah. Oh, that that week was like it was magical. It was just you, you could smile, you could laugh, you could hold hands, you could run in the water, you could, and and it was a strange, rough, different breed of people because it was like they were all out of jail, and <laughs> the whole town was a party. Yeah. And the music and the laughter and the comedy, it it just, we look forward to whenever we could get away. Yeah. And a couple of our close friends, the babysitting and stuff. We would have asked Arlene, but she didn't get the idea that her aunt was gay until she got married and she asked two of her friends. Yeah. And they said, of course your aunt is gay. <laughs> So Arlene missed out on the on the party. Yeah. <laughs> so she is, uh, and her kids and her grandkids. Uh, we're, I think Scott said it well. Uh, and Scott's her son, just Scott is the youngest son. Mm -hmm. In the documentary, he said, "It wasn't my idea of the perfect family." But we were a family, mm -hmm. and we are exceptionally close. Uh, hers and my family, we are, I would say, incredibly close friends on top of being relatives through marriage. I think it's interesting when you talk about you couldn't have your friends from New York. So I went to Catholic high school, <laughs> and my best friend was Miles, who was a gay guy. And so if you were around gay people, I mean, I was also gay. So he and I spent a lot of time together and, you know, he, he got bullied far more than I did. But, you know, when you're when people see see you during and that was and in the 90s in a Catholic school, people seeing you around other gay people was there were consequences to that. Right. So yeah. when you say you couldn't have your friends from New York to your house, there okay. were consequences mm -hmm. to people seeing you with what would appear to be clearly gay people. Right, and one of the, one of the things when you had children was very, very straight and clear. You were not qualified to be a good parent, and that was a constant threat. And that's an M. She worked the hot dog stand at Little League. I mean, the things <laughs> she didn't do to give the impression, and uh, back to school night for every kid, it was... Uh, mm. This is their aunt, you know. Uh, it was just amazing. She was an amazing person. Uh, the interesting not thing that fifty years was all heaven and yeah. There was a lot of hell involved too. Right. Yeah, you know, it's not all. I mean, a constant threat of your kids being removed because of who who you are would be. I, I don't know. It's would horrible. Be devastating. It is devastating horrible. And one of my pain. children uh, took me to court. To tell a judge that uh, I was a lesbian mm. because he had gotten in trouble, and that was his weapon that he used. And I called Emily from court and I said, "Honey, pack your bags, get out, go back mm. to the New York apartment." She said, "Nope, mm. we're going to do this together." And 
We won. I was shocked we won. Uh, but the fact that you even had to go through that is... was is horrible. Awful. It was, Absolutely We awful. were afraid Em would lose her job. I was threatened with losing the children. Uh, it was a nightmare. It was one of the worst times of our life. And Em and I always had a motto, it's you and me against the world. And the kids kind of took it as we cut them out. It wasn't. We had to protect Mm-hmm. each other we had to protect our family we were at war and boy you know and you were angry this anger ran over into your life and it caused so many things the last 25 years here has been magical mm-hmm. and as much as i hated a ocean grove and moving to the beach i wouldn't leave here for anything I saw an article where you mentioned that once you were able to have the civil union in a marriage, you you entered a whole new life. Yes. What does that mean? What is a whole new life? Oh, my God. Emily and I always, the minute we could, we said wife publicly. Uh, Em had a lot of illness in the last 10 years, and I would be waiting in in a waiting room at the hospital or something, and uh, I'd hear... Jan Moore, your wife is asking for you. Emily wants you in the room now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was always your wife. Right. And, uh, she was so happy with that. And I used to say, are you crazy? And she'd say, get over it. Get used <laughs> to it. And we did. And we, and we loved it. And we still love it. And I always refer to her as And a big act, you, you know, you were a big part of that movement, right? Oh, With God, Garden yes. State Equality. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize that gay people have all these anniversaries. I talk about it, right? So when you met, domestic partnerships, civil right. unions. But the grand, the grand anniversary right. is when we were allowed to get married, right? Right. And in fact, I was, uh, we were in Rome, Italy with, uh, Ems New Arlene when Scott <laughs> called and said, You may have to have Arlene on this podcast because uh, yeah. we reference her yeah, so Arlene, much. We need another microphone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and he said, Guess what? You can get married in the state of New Jersey. I said, You're kidding. And he said, No. And, uh, we, we just looked at each other and said, Finally. You know, that's great. It was it was great. It great was, place to find out. Rome is such a beautiful place. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Jan, activism is something that has run through your entire life. My really. entire life. I first heard Dr. King in 58 and uh, it wasn't religion as much as. Good God, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then in 63, the United States government had decided to uh, have uh, the indigenous people put up for adoption to white people so they could eliminate the race. And I got furious about that uh, because I lived in a biracial town. Uh, a gentleman wanted to run for the Board of Education and because he was black, they they wouldn't even take his name. And I, uh, we were pr- kind of influential in town. And I went to very influential people and said, I want a party thrown. 
this man is too good to lose. So it's been a long journey, and here it is. I'm 85. I would have been married over 60 years, so I've been at it a long time, and the only way to describe it today is it's the same bullshit another day. I am so tired of watching it. You cannot get me on the politics of this. I, I'm exhausted. I am so, I still choke up about it. I still cry about it. I still march. I still fight. I can't believe that because somebody's skin is a different color, their sexuality is different. And we have a gun situation that I heard a politician, well, it's the mentally ill, cut the goddamn guns and people that are disturbed won't have advantage of getting them. It's a very simple thing. This is a no-brainer. And I'm sorry I got on it because it. I will probably fight with my last breath because it, it bothers me that much. One of the other topics that you, um, one of the other causes you're a big part of is LGBTQ and seniors. Yes. That is something you feel really passionate about. Yes, and that was very good when uh, we had a new young director come down here, I guess five or six years ago, uh, Christian Pluscarino, and there was just two of them in the office, and I was getting involved with, what about seniors? And I would yell. i walk in the office, i say, I went to a meeting at Monmouth University last night. Where the hell is Garden State Equality? It's for gay people. You know, we don't have rights. HIV people don't have rights. This one doesn't have a right. We can be thrown out. We can be charged twice. So, the year M died, uh, she testified from her hospice bed in our house. Uh, to the state legislature and said, I'm home because I'm safe here. And uh, that was December 16th and January 24th, our wonderful Governor Murphy signed into bill, you cannot be prejudiced against the HIV, against the seniors or anything. And uh, Emily speaking from our hospice bed, mm -hmm. shouted value. It's just the volumes of her being there. And uh, she sat on the front porch and did an interview for Cory Booker. Mm -hmm. She never gave up. This is, and she was dead the next June. And I have to tell you, that's the story. Mm -hmm. All wrapped up in one. That's that. That is a phenomenal person. And, and uh, seniors were experiencing going back in the closet, really, right? When they were, you know, senior LGBTQ people were going into residential health care facilities and nursing homes and were feeling like they couldn't be out with, you know, one of the were there, were there specific issues like you couldn't retire together with your partner or what are the what well, were the well the specific was a case I think it was in Michigan or Minnesota uh, two women went in and they were told they had to each get their own apartment because of their sexuality it went on to their 
courts and they lost. And uh, it went on and on and they never won. And it was taken up here. Uh, Garden State Equality got a young woman, Bianca Mayer, and uh, she'll do seniors. And I said, Bianca, I have a dream. And mm. she worked with me. Uh, I wrote to every single legislator. I had Bianca do things. She said, let's put a picture of you and Emily on the letter. Uh, it was great. It, it's just, it's been a roller coaster. And believe it or not, my biggest fear of that is I will be obsolete and nobody will care. <laughs> because... I don't see that happening, Jim. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a lifelong fight to be boring, right? Just to man the hot dog stand when, you know, to do things just extraordinarily ordinary without having, you know, so. Yeah, well, that, this is my ordinary. Right, right. No, but the, I mean, the goal is to, you, know, you had to fight, fight, fight to do these things. And eventually, as you mentioned, you know, maybe you won't need to. And yeah. you can just be the hot dog stand person. You yeah. know, I think watching the parade was a real <laughs> impact of the youth this year. Yeah. The young kids that are out, and and everybody's queer now. It's like so funny to me that like, I mean, you remember you had to come out. I had to come out in high school. I had to come out in college. I had to come out at every job I've ever had. Um, and now people just are queer. There's, yeah, I, I can't explain it. It's I'm thrilled about it. It's just so different than all. I mean, you know, you have to come out repeatedly and over and over and and explain to people that you're gay when they ask about your yeah, husband. Yeah, and your... it's it's so. Uh, in fact, um, Diane Klein, this young woman, it's uh, the cinematographer. Uh, when she described herself, it was LGBTQ, and 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 another friend said, "Why do you use queer? It was so detrimental." And do you use queer? I use lesbian. I don't. But use I'm guessing queer. it's a sign of my age. DK uses queer, and uh, Dr. Rosemary said, uh, "Why do you use it? That word was so wrong. It was so detrimental." And she said, "It's not." It's who we are. We're queer to the rest of the world. Now, she's 36. I'm going to be 86. There's the difference. So talking to younger people, uh, it's a whole new education for me all over again. It would never occur to me to identify as queer. And not that I correct people. I mean, I don't really feel like I need to correct you, but I absolutely identify as a lesbian, which was also not a word that people loved back in the day. But no, no. But no, it, it and the other is. thing is, uh, Emily is the only woman I have ever kissed in my life, and she is the only woman I have ever gone to bed with in my life. So my friends tease me, Jan, that's almost like being a virgin. I said, I don't know about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it, you know, I don't have the full thing of what is lesbian thought and when M died everybody the kids the family even teased me said okay Graham are you in love with Emily or are you a lesbian do you even know this was a Mother's Day conversation and how did you respond I, so you don't identify as a lesbian yes I do oh you do identify as a lesbian oh absolutely okay. 
I mean, you can't have a 50-year relationship and not be a lesbian. I would I mean, imagine, but... You know, yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> I can't believe you asked that. Well, I just was checking. I just was checking. <laughs> well, I guess we got to wrap up. <laughs> and am identified as a lesbian. That was the terminology. I'm sorry. Am I identified as lesbian? Yes. Yes, of course. Yes. So... But I, I am. And, uh, oh, my girlfriend's daughters later in life, they were down. And I, I've known them 50 years of their life, and they're straight. And Kristen was down a couple of weeks ago, and she said, I got to ask you something, Jean. Now that Em's gone, uh, were you in love with Em? Or were you really a lesbian? We think you're in love with them. I said, how about both? Right. You know, let's go for two here. Yeah. And they said, we just couldn't believe it because you acted so normal. What and uh, what does that mean? <laughs> well, it means that I guess growing up with Emily and I and their parents, their parents and our kids all being friends. There was the normal thing. You know, we went camping as families. We went boating as families. We went fishing. We went up to their farm. Uh, we did all the things other people did. But as far as I'm concerned, it wasn't always by choice. It was by necessity. The kids had their friends, and they were straight. They lived in a straight life. Emily and I were only gay behind a bedroom door. So their their perception of of at least you was that you had fall, almost just fall, happenstance fallen in love with a woman, right. but that you were actually right. straight, you just in this one circumstance. Right. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, I, Interesting. And I'm finding out... After 50-some years, you got to be like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, whereas that's... Scott's friends, my youngest one's friends, Tommy was down, uh, his close buddy since they were four or five, and Tommy went home and he said to his parents, you know, Auntie M and Jim, I don't know about those women. <laughs> so he so his father said, Tommy, you eat over there, you live over there. You hang out with Scotty. What do you care? I don't know. I just thought I'd talk to you. Well, forget about it. Doesn't matter what they are. Right. And mm -hmm. Tommy was here last month. You know. So now, M identify M, M always was, knew she was gay, or yes, yeah. Emily uh, knew at a very young age. Uh, she. I don't know how young she was when she was involved, and I, I never asked, and I really didn't care, and I don't care. Uh, but it was, oh, I know, it was later, because she had said to me when she was growing up, she had hoped she would meet somebody, that a woman that she could love, because she knew she had those feelings. And... Uh, and was basically conservative. She didn't play the field a lot, and she did meet somebody and was with her, I don't know, quite a few years. <laughs> I think eight or ten. Oh, before you? Yeah. Oh. 
So oh uh, wow, eight or ten. That's a that's a long stretch. Yeah, and I, she was in the middle of breaking up with her. Well, lesbians have very lengthy breakups, one hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty common. Yeah, but I'm not sure that's going to be in the future. I don't. I the, I have to tell you, the new generation is just. I'm amazed by them and their ability to um, go through life LGBTQ in a way that seems far more healthy than probably the rest of us. Yeah, did. yeah, it is. They're they're healthier. Uh, they're not as intimidated. Mm-hmm. But the anger is still there. I see that on the edge a lot. Hmm. Uh, of, uh, we we live in this dream down here. I mean, Asbury Park has been. I couldn't. I had an interview once where people and said something to me about raising a, a child in Asbury Park, and I thought I wouldn't dream of raising a child with two moms anywhere but Asbury Park. So. You know, to me, it's mind-boggling that people are puzzled that um, yeah. that I raise a kid in Asbury Park, and I think to myself, the most important things to me are, um, you know, my child, you know, we have Chris and Al around the corner, Alicia and Steph up, you know, not too far, so there's a, a number of gay families. There's never, um, and this is such a diverse town, there's single moms, there's grandmothers raising kids here, so Jensen in the Bradley Elementary is has a wide range of parents that do not are not heteronormative, if that if that's even the right word. I should. I, use. I think it's I think it's phenomenal, and uh, my if I had the time, I would work so hard to keep Asbury this magical place because it is phenomenal. It is truly a community if we could get rid of some of the narrow thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, the diversity here is phenomenal. Uh, the, the west side of town has a history that if we lose it, we're losing something so special. Uh, I just, I I love Asbury. I look at it and I say, this is America. Mm-hmm. This is what it should be. We're black, we're white, we're brown. You know, we... Uh, Emily's family is biracial. Mm. My family is biracial. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the kids can come, and they're here, and they're not out of place. God, it's great. And the next chapter for you, Jan, is Asbury Park, right? This is where you're you're moving next month. Uh, yes, I already own my property, and I will be living. I will re- in it. get you registered to vote. Uh no, I have not. I've, I'm still registered because I'm still in Ocean Grove. Uh, when you move in, then we'll yeah. we'll drop off the paperwork. Okay. okay. <laughs> first, first oh, per, why first are you day. running for office? Not right now, but <laughs> in the future. In she, the future. A- Amy keeps threatening not to run. I know. I do keep threatening not to run. <laughs> sometimes it wears you down. You know, yeah. it wears yeah. you down sometimes. Everything is part of our makeup and. If that's who we are, but, you know, I used to hate who I was. I mm. used to get mad at myself, keep your big mouth shut, you know. And now I just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you don't like me. I'm sorry for this, but I'm not going to be quiet. And do you think that's age? Do I think of what? Do you think it's age, like that you just don't care anymore? Oh, no, it's got nothing to do with my age. I'm just too damn ornery to shut up. <laughs> I get it. You get that. I do. I know. 
<laughs> I do. You're going to grow old that way too. I, I get honorary by the minute, but mine may, I get worse in age. So at 85, it won't be, I'll little, just be cursing everybody out who walks by me. You'll be a little spicy. Yeah. No, little, what happens is you really calm down. There was a time I would throw a tantrum. Now, you know, you don't like me? I'm sorry. Yeah, keep it moving. I'm, I'm not. I'm not in a contest. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. I. I. I will refuse to run for office. I will refuse to take any position, except my own. Mm-hmm. And that way, you want to criticize? Great. You're criticizing me, not the Democrats, not the Republicans, not anybody. Just me. And if you have nothing better to do, I don't care. I, I, you know. So that is all I have to say to you guys. All right. Well, you've timed it perfectly because we are at exactly 50 minutes, which we try to keep it. Yeah, we try, we try to end right at that because no one listens to a podcast. Yeah, people have 45. short attention spans, us included. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to thank you for coming today. Oh, my really God. Thank you for being our first in person in our two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Our last in person, was it Tom? Who was our last in person? No, it was on the boardwalk. Right, the women's convention with the women's march, which right. we didn't air because the women's march got because we canceled it. Canceled yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's probably why it's like seventy fourth, seventy fifth, seventy seventh. Yeah, we have episode. a couple episodes that didn't get. And then me and Jess. Well, you'll appreciate this. Me and Jess do two episodes. Okay. Do we get drunk in both of them? Yeah, drunk in both of we them. Get we get drunk in both of them. We couldn't. And air neither them. one of them could air. <laughs> So there's two episodes <laughs> floating around that one day when I'm out of office could potentially potentially air, but we're not even sure about that. <laughs> I, don't even... I don't think you're ever going to be out of office. No, I don't know. I don't know. So, well, we'll no, see. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, thanks Arlene. Thank thanks, you. Jen. Thank you, Arlene. <laughs>